Hello, and welcome to the Trailbusters podcast, where we talk everything outdoors and adventures. I'm Ethan. I'm Bing. And I'm Will. And this week, we're going to be going back to the summer trips we planned out at the beginning of the summer. You missed that episode. You might want to go back and listen to what things we outlined that we were going to be doing this year over the course of the summer, because now we're going to catch up on what we actually did, what worked and what didn't. And to start us off, I think the very first trip of the year was Bing and Will were planning an early May 10th trip to Algonquin Park. How'd that go, guys? It didn't go very well, Ethan. It was it was interesting. So we decided to do the early May, mainly because, you know, start of the season, not much bugs out, not much people out. We just wanted to get outdoors. We we're eager, right? Mm-hmm. But I think a series of events happened over the course of April that prevented us from going. So yeah. One might say a series of unfortunate events. Yes, a series yeah, of it- unfortunate events. Well, it could be fortunate well, that- in a way. <laughs> Kept us safe, more or less. Yeah. The uh, the unfortunate events that we're discussing actually are probably uh, something that our listeners might be aware of, uh, specifically the global pandemic that <laughs> led to uh, widespread closures of everything from backcountry camping to yeah. uh, in-person restaurant dining. Yeah. So I think at the time, the Ontario government started cracking down again on the restrictions. They actually included camping and backcountry camping and portaging and all that stuff to be included in the the lockdown list, uh, which is unfortunate for basically everyone going outside and getting active. Funny enough that they said exercise is allowed, but camping and, you know, hiking and stuff like that isn't allowed. So Kind of some Mm -hmm. interesting decisions there, but it is what it is. So we had our canoe rentals booked as well. We have all our permits and sites booked. And I think over the course of two weeks, uh, they started notifying us saying that, hey, there might be a potential where, you know, if things don't clear up, we'll have to cancel your bookings. Our booking was actually a week earlier before all the restrictions lifted. So we were in that time where at the trail end, right before the restrictions got lifted, we had we had to get automatically canceled, where if we were to book like a week later, we would have been peachy to go into into the backcountry uh, and, and uh, mm-hmm. enjoy the time there. So yeah, it was just unfortunate. Timing was bad, but it is what it is. Uh, so the, the outfitters where we rented our canoes canceled first, and then the parks canceled. And it was, it's an automatic cancel. Uh, you can't really do anything about it, but... Yeah, yeah, it's just unfortunate. Booking the week you guys did and having it canceled is rough, but if you had booked a week or two later, you definitely would have been going right in the peak of Black Flag season, <laughs> True. I don't know <laughs> if that would have been super enjoyable anyway. So maybe in some ways you you lucked out a little bit there. Dodge the yeah. bullet there because I'm the, uh, I'm the sacrificial friend that gets bitten a lot, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm happy for myself. <laughs> I remember thinking about that and talking about that, the difference between like all these activities you normally think of as being fairly solo activities, being out in the woods and hiking and stuff got banned as opposed to like fitness and stuff within the city. Camping and backcountry stuff, you tend to have people traveling from all over mm-hmm. the province yeah. to specific points. That is, That's a good yeah. point. Yeah, which, which I think would just facilitate more people spreading things to a wider area. Whereas if you're doing more solo activities within your town it's less likely to spread outside of your town kind of thing yeah no. i went through the stages of grief you know and i'm I've, I've come around to acceptance like i agree there's probably good reasons for it i remember feeling a little frustrated when uh, golf courses were opened up before backcountry camping and that one yeah. felt a little like eh, that's a little bit a uh, strange choice but 
Yeah, I think it makes sense ultimately. They close you know. they close tennis courts for some reason. Right. That's like a very distant sport anyway, or at the opposite side of the court. Yeah, that's a good point. That's <laughs> an odd choice. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. I definitely want to do that early uh, spring trip. It's such an interesting window of time in Ontario. Like if you're willing to put up with some cold and maybe a bit of wet, I think that's a really interesting little window of time that opens up before the bugs get bad. I think the one thing to watch out for and be careful for with that stuff though is flood conditions as things melt and thaw. You can have river currents and stuff can go from being really gentle to pretty scary in some places. So I think the trip you guys had planned probably would have been great because you were going out through Canoe Lake. The water level might have been higher, but it's not a river. So I don't think there would have been much there, but yeah maybe just something for our listeners to keep in mind when planning early spring trips always check the melt and water runoff conditions i also know there's i think it's the western uplands where we did our algonquin trip in the summer of 2020 full episode about that in our back catalog uh there's a bridge that you go over at the start and in the spring thaw in may it's often fully flooded mm. and the whole parking area is underwater right the ox tongue yeah wow yeah that's that's a really good call out and you know even if the lake trips are a bit safer i bet you dimes to donuts the portages would be ankle deep in mud which bring the right gear you're fine but uh maybe not fun (laughs) yeah so you guys also uh bing you touched on really wanting to get out on your bike a lot more Mm -hmm. Um, how'd that go uh, I think it really went really well. Aside from the trips I did with Will, like the tune-ups, the uh, just meeting Will halfway on his trip to Montreal and Kingston, that was good. Uh, I think I had the rack on my car pretty much all summer, uh, so I was able to drive out to the country or drive out to a path and stuff like that and was able to put in a good amount of kilometers on it. So I think in total for the nice. summer, I'll say estimated like 600, 700K, which is not bad considering I haven't rode in like on the road for a while uh, on long distances. So good start. I think there's a couple of things I need to tweak on my bike, like seating position and all that stuff. I'm not as flexible as I used to be. So the aggressive seating position will need to be less aggressive and that kind of stuff so a lot of adjustments overall but it's good to get back onto the road i feel like first couple of rides are a bit shaky but you get more confident the more you ride into the summer so i'm happy about it i got a good amount of riding and i got a good amount of tanning as well (laughs) no i i went ahead and listened back to our episode where we talked about all these plans and when we talked about biking will you mentioned some cider place and a potential Uh, bike ride to niagara (laughs) niagara on the lake did that ever happen no i would have I still would love to do that. I, I've been meaning to do that trip for a while, but uh, no, no, that one didn't happen. Dude, like the the trip to Niagara should be a pretty scenic ride. We should we should do it. Like if weather is good and you're in town in the next couple of weeks, we should do it and we can report yeah. back on it. Yeah. But I did I did go out to Niagara on the lake and did like the uh, Niagara Trail with my friends. Uh, so that was a pretty casual ride because it was pretty flat over there. And scenic, as always, you get to see America on the other side of the river. You get to wave at their yachts. And there was a power plant on the way too. And that was, it was just like the juxtaposition of like flowers and nice waterfalls. And you have a giant hydroelectric power plant. And it's like, wow, that's very interesting juxtaposition. So <laughs> That reminds me of that campground we went to. I think we might have an episode uh, in our back yeah. <laughs> Yeah. about it that that provincial park where the park was on one side of the river and there was just like houses and a power plant on the other side so when you went hiking you could go and look at just 
houses and <laughs> a power plant. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's I like that trip though. That was the weirdest little spot. It was a fun trip. Very hot, but oh yeah, I'm pretty sure there's an episode in our back catalog if people want to hear more about our misadventures in. Um, I can't for the life of me remember that. I can't remember it. It's like one of those places yeah. that is not memorable enough to remember. So yeah, yeah, near Kortha, whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so um, as far as bike trips go, I do know we'd have two full episodes on Will's big bike trip, uh, your big plans from Toronto to Montreal. Obviously, that happened. Yeah. The other big trip you guys planned, our last episode is about it. So if people want to go back and listen, you guys definitely went to the Highlands Algonquin trip. Was there anything else you guys remember touching on or wanting to do that we didn't get to? this summer personally i feel like i hit most of my big camping goals they weren't that ambitious Mm -hmm. because of covid but i i i still have some camping in me actually i think the fall is going to be time when i actually try to get out a lot for day hikes and camping so hopefully there'll be some more coming but i think for me personally most of the things i i I feel i feel pretty good about uh which isn't always the end of the summer for me looking back but i think we we did pretty well there and definitely excited for the next summer camping season to come i've got lots of ideas i mean that's always how it is you know it's like you you go out and then at the end of every trip almost universally i know what Mm -hmm. my next trip's gonna be so i already have a pretty clear idea yeah i've I've gotta say i hit all of my plans Uh, i don't know if you remember uh (laughs) when you when you asked me what my plans were for the summer i remember nothing so i i figured i'd probably have something that ended up coming up um but i didn't really get to much this summer for a couple of unexpected and unfortunate reasons i had talked about in the last episode in our planning episode i wasn't sure what i'd be able to do with a puppy and i didn't know like you wouldn't be able to do much backpacking but maybe some car camping or something but i had nothing set in stone until i got a better feel for him and what he'd be capable of and unfortunately a little while after that recording he developed a growth plate deformity in one of his legs but essentially one of the two parallel bones in his front left leg stopped growing while he was still continuing to go through his regular growth spurts, which caused the other one to start curving and twisting his paw at a really uncomfortable angle and causing him a lot of discomfort. So he had a surgery, fully recovered, and then needed another surgery to correct part of it that healed incorrectly and another full recovery period, which basically took him out of commission and had him more or less on bed rest for probably since June. Um, And actually today was the first day he was allowed to, I had him out and playing in the dog park and stuff. And I think he's finally mostly returned to normal. He's going to need a follow-up corrective surgery once he stops growing, but most of the issues went away. But because of that, our adventures this year were a little bit different than I expected. A lot more staying around town. Uh, we spent a lot of time going and visiting my dad's, uh, who lives nearby. And Rocky learned how to swim, which was awesome and really cute. Maybe I can put some photos of that up on the Instagram or something. He got a life jacket and everything. Really didn't end up getting a whole lot of hiking or camping in as planned, unfortunately. And it's also still a big question mark near the end of the year, where the season here is a lot longer. But um, I actually have a super busy next little while with some non-camping adventures of i gotta go back to canada for a wedding um and i actually just bought a house so i'm gonna be spending a lot of time and effort getting moved and set up and working on projects with that so my plans well i didn't really have any plans and it's probably for the best (laughs) because i don't think many of them would have worked out Mm. i think it's so important that we 
you know, we'd be gentle with ourselves with stuff like this, because I know I always feel like I should be camping more than I do. Like I, I love to, and I would like to do more, but you know, it's hard working full time. And as you said, like sometimes life throws some curveballs. So hopefully this is all just going to be fuel for your, your fire and next camping season, you'll just have that much more energy and interest and catch up on last time, last time or, or just enjoy it that much more when you do get out. So I, I, I think it's totally normal yeah. to have those, those times and maybe doing a podcast like this and, and, you know, for our listeners listening to a podcast like this might be a way to keep your mind in that frame so that keeping that interest alive even when maybe circumstances are such that you can't really get out uh, which happens to everybody yeah i i know for me i've been able to live kind of vicariously through hearing about your guys's adventures which has been great yeah you're just getting more anxious now because you're just building and building and you just kind of want to be itching and itching to get out more it's interesting the things that like fuel our interest in camping like i remember when we worked together ethan you were really keen on doing the was it the Pacific Crest Trail or no, the Appalachian Trail? The Appalachian Trail, yeah. And I, I feel like that's less of a thing I hear you talking about. And I wonder if that has more to do with like changing life circumstances. Like you're working at a job that maybe you weren't as excited about. I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I'm guessing. Why don't you tell us <laughs> what, you know, what changed for you? Like, I, I'm curious, like, you know, what, what changed for you? Because I know that you used to, that used to be a big goal. Is it still one or, or has that shifted for you a bit? I think it would still be something that's awesome to do that I'd like to do someday, but yeah, I don't think that's as big of a pressing thing. And to be honest, there is definitely some truth to what you were saying. Maybe not specifically um, the job I had was a bad job or anything, but there was a lot of me reading and researching into like this being a good adventure to kind of like find yourself and figure out what you want to do with your life. And I feel like in the process of getting ready for that, in a lot of ways, I have figured out a lot of things in my life in really thinking about it, I've shifted. Um, I had a perspective where work was my main focus and my life was built around that. And I've slowly shifted with my move to North Carolina and now my buying a house um, and moving to South Carolina closer to family, getting a dog, picking up more other hobbies where work is no longer my number one thing in life, I think, which is like I've found more stuff outside of work to build my life around. And it doesn't just in a lot of ways doesn't seem as crucial to get out there and find myself because I think I might have already kind of figured out some of the stuff that I needed to work out. Um, And I think another thing too is, especially when I met you guys, I was living and working in downtown Toronto, the busiest city I've ever been in. Yeah, right. Totally. And I'm just not a city person. Now I'm driving to the grocery store here. I have a view of forests and mountains all around me, which, you know, that makes it less pressing to try and get out of town and go do stuff when everything around me is kind of nature-y. So that's been a big thing too. Mm-hmm. That's convenient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's so important, like even if you were to have made solid plans and bailed on them, like I think that's totally okay. This is a bit of a debate, you know, but I think there's this idea of sunk costs. Like, okay, I made the reservation, I spent the money, even though like I'm not feeling up to it or, you know, my dog's sick or whatever, I'm, you know, I'm going to make myself go. And I think that's totally the wrong mentality. Like we make plans, we set goals to stretch ourselves, maybe to give our, help us plan for the summer or even break up the time. So like, I know what I'll be doing in different parts of the summer, but I think it's important to hold on to those plans kind of loosely. Like it's, it's nice to do, but I think uh, it's important to be flexible and in both directions, like you can do more camping and then you intend to or less depending on how things pan out. And if you set some plans early in the season, uh, maybe because you need to get in there to get the reservations before everyone mm-hmm. else does or whatever, and then life happens and things change, I, I think that's no sweat. Like you can maybe get a refund. I mean, almost certainly you can get a refund to some, uh, for at least some of that cost. But, you know, we do this because we love it. And uh, for me, 
I've always been a bit laissez-faire with stuff like this and you know you don't want to waste money and stuff like that so that's something to bear in mind but like even thinking about our hike on the Highlands Trail I ended up not being able to go for the entire trip that I had planned I was a day short it was a day shorter than I intended because of work and I don't really feel that bad about it like it worked out fine I you know in retrospect I kind of put Bing out a little bit because I didn't think that he was going to need my stove but ultimately like I think that ended up fine and like you know goals are great we should have goals. We should set more. They, they're a fantastic way. And it feels a sense of accomplishment's real. But they're just loose things yeah. that help us create some structure, not, mm-hmm. not nothing too yeah, hard. Yeah, that. that's, a, that's a really good point to hammer home, too. It's like you can plan things, but just make sure you're flexible and you can have things to adjust with. Like you can have abbreviated versions of your goals, too. And maybe you can achieve the, the full-on one later on. So just have that in mind. It's like, just be flexible. Like, you can make all these trips, but your body may never be up to it, but your mind is willing. But, you know, there's always another day. Yeah. Another nice thing is, like, a lot of our goals this summer were like, I'm going to do this hike. I'm going to do this trip. That's great. I love those kind of goals. But an interesting sort of idea here, what about, like, more meta goals? Like, I'm going to bike 600 kilometers, or I'm going to go on a day hike at least once a month. Right. Like, something more loosely held. They're not big trips. They're more, like smaller goals that are a little bit more flexible and they can look they can show up in different ways i, I think those kind of goals are really something i want to play with going yeah. forward i think if you see someone else do it or see something else someone else experience it you kind of set those goals for yourself like for example when i joined you for the uh, bike adventure to montreal in kingston like i saw your bike and it was great and i wanted to do i wanted to get a gravel bike now and i don't know when i yeah. don't know yeah i don't know where to ride it but i want one and i'll eventually get one and i'll eventually do an adventure so but yeah it's one of those aspirational goals that you set for yourself but it's loose Mm -hmm. it's very loose (laughs) yeah i i definitely agree being flexible in your plans and allowing them to change and not sticking to them just for the sake of sticking to them is really important when planning, uh, especially outdoor stuff. Uh, we've had all sorts of crazy stuff happen, but you could just have a weekend where suddenly you have a camping trip that you know is going to be thunderstorms the whole weekend. It might not be worth going. It might be worth switching some yes. stuff around. Oh, yeah. We had that last year, didn't we? Yeah. We literally had that. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. We were referring to that. The opposite, I think. I think there's a balance to it because the opposite could end up happening. And one thing that I know I personally need to be careful of, and I think like reservations and money being involved make me a little bit better at it. But I know I like to plan things. And then as the event creeps up, I start having all sorts of excuses pop into my head of like, oh, you know, I I don't really feel like breaking Mm -hmm. out of my routine to go do this thing. And I know deep down, once I go and do it, I'm going to love it. And it's going to be a blast. And I'm going to be so glad I did it. But there's just something about doing it sometimes. So I feel like holding yourself to a reasonable amount to like push yourself slightly out of your comfort zone can still be a great option. It's it's just finding that perfect balance between getting yourself to do something so you can experience that nice event and forcing yourself to go through something that's going to be problematic and cause issues that's such a good point i definitely have that I, you know oh i'm not sure i want to go on that trip i'm you know tired i had a long week you know but of course even if you don't get as much sleep on a backpacking trip the amount of energy you get back from something like that or a camping trip what is more than will make up for it i don't think i've ever had a summer where i thought i wish i made mm-hmm. less camping reservations like i never i've never had that i could have done more uh this summer than i did you know i, I had a pretty full summer and i'm happy with how it turned out but 
if anything, what I'm carrying away from this goal setting exercise and like reflection period that we're having now is like when it comes to the next camping season, I'm going to be all in. Like I'm going to make sure to get those Labor Day reservations because it's consistently a nice weekend to get out. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to make sure to do that early spring trip. And I'm just going to really try to to, uh, jump the shark. That's the right expression. (laughs) No, that's not the right one. But jumping the shark is like you're washed. (laughs) <laughs> what's the opposite i'll uh i'll swim under the shark <laughs> yeah I, we, we get what you mean yeah i think um for me i actually have a great personal example of not going ahead with the plans in ways that i think i could have benefited from the summer and one of my sort of more meta goals was to take some more motorcycle day trips and go explore different places and stuff like that and i did it a little bit to be honest, I'm a little frustrated with myself at the lack of motorcycle trips I did this summer, though, because I am on a scenic parkway that I've wanted to ride on for so long, uh, and I did a f- quite a few rides on it, um, a lot of rides in the area, but I definitely just feel like I could have done more. And there's some unfortunate circumstances. I don't know if I've talked about this in the podcast, but when I brought my motorcycle to Asheville, I live in an apartment with above ground parking, and the very first night it was here, somebody tried to steal my motorcycle, which was not fun and prompted me to put it in a storage locker and unfortunately the closest storage place is about a 30 minute drive away which just put it far enough that I can constantly make excuses of rather than being able to go out for an hour ride I've got to go out for two hours because it's in half hour to get there get the motorcycle out go ride for an hour put it back and drive back in a half hour So now suddenly it's like, it feels much more like a day thing. And really, objectively, every time I rode, I never regretted it. I always had a blast. It never really made that big of a difference in my day. Like it didn't take nearly as much time as I built it up to in my head. But that extra barrier of having that half hour there and half hour back just always made it enough that it was really easy for me to say, "Uh, it's not the perfect day for riding. Maybe I'll do something else. I have something else I need to do around the house, you know, and I just kept putting it off, so... I, I kind of wish I took mm. more advantage of that. And I'm really hoping that when I have my house next year, that excuse is gone because the motorcycle is just in my garage and I could go ride for 15 minutes and only need to take that 15 minutes to do the ride. So hopefully that excuse goes away. Yeah, that convenience factor is huge. For example, like I lived in a condo downtown Toronto for a good amount of time as well. And just getting out, even though the trail is like right there, getting out was like, do I really want to take my bike down the elevator and all that stuff? Even that barrier was was like enough to prevent you from doing it, right? So yeah, convenience is a, a big thing. One One other thing that I really talked about doing trying to do this year was upgrade my truck a little bit more and try and do some car camping or some dispersed camping um i don't know if you guys remembered me talking about this at all nope yes i i remember and i saw some youtube videos related to it um yeah so we we chatted beforehand and um yeah being i'm gonna give you a little bit of a refresher so dispersed camping it's kind of like crownland camping in canada in a way except for a little bit more established where certain places especially national parks and national forests and things like that allow for dispersed camping which is where you can freely camp for up to a certain number of days in a national park without needing a specific site as long as i think it has to be like non-destructive and stuff and because of that there's a lot of places where you can find like old fire roads and stuff like that that go into these national parks where you can if you have a semi-off-road capable vehicle you can find like patches off into the woods off to the side where you can just pull up park and set up a tent and just kind of camp wherever you want and that's kind of 
taken off with the overlanding community and stuff like that. But it's also as simple as like driving down the Blue Ridge Parkway. There are certain visiting centers where you can actually, I think you're legally able to stop and camp for the night as long as you're not disrupting the environment and you're only there for X amount of time and stuff like that. I think some places require permits, but a lot of places it's just first come first serve type of stuff which I thought would be really cool. But again, I didn't end up getting around to. Unfortunately, I didn't end up getting around to any of my truck mm. upgrades either. Um, did you put... I did a couple modifications at the beginning of the year, but that's What did you it. put on your truck anyway? Um, the two things I put on were um, side steps. So I put on uh, like rails down the side with steps because I'm short uh, and that's helpful for a truck, even though my truck isn't really that lifted and I probably could have done without it and some really good hard plastic mud flaps. I had a couple other upgrades I want to get to, but with Rocky being in the condition he's in and me not doing as much camping and trying to save for a house that kind of took the back seat. But if I were to do my dream upgrades, the next three things I have lined up are some sort of bed cover. I was thinking either a trifold cover or maybe one of those camper shell covers. I'm debating putting some sort of push bar up on the front. And I really want to get the really simple one that I should have just bought because they're cheap are uh, window vents. So those like plastic things that stick over the top uh, of your yeah. window so you can crack them open even when it's raining and you don't get water in. Those are the big truck upgrades that are yet to come, but maybe someday soon will. I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, maybe we'll have another follow-up episode to talk about off-season prep or planning for next season. But for now, this is going to be it for us. Make sure to follow us on all social media. Tell friends about us. Thanks, Tedes, for the use of our awesome intro and outro music. Find us at the Trailbusters anywhere. Info at thetrailbusters.com for any inquiries, questions, episode ideas. And as always, for the Trailbusters, I'm Ethan. I'm Bing. And I'm Will. And we'll see you on the trail. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do.